0: Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 457. And this is actually something I wrote about in my new book, You're Already a Wealth Heiress, Now Think and Act Like One, Six Practical Steps to Make it a Reality Now, which by the way, men are enjoying too. (laughs) And I wanted to talk about the myths of wealth building because there are myths that people believe. And sometimes it's surprising what people might believe about money and what's going on with money. And so I just wanted to clear up some of these myths because I definitely have strong opinions about what I think is true about money and wealth building and what is not. And as your wealth mentor, I'm speaking from experience as a person who has invested and made millions of dollars. It is something that I can speak from my personal experience. And sometimes I read things that people write that they think are true about money. And I completely disagree with it from again, my own experience. So not that I know everything, but I'm just going to share with you what I know to be true because part of the reason that I do this podcast is to help you shorten the path to wealth. And My passion, my purpose in life is really to share all of the information that I learned about money, about investing, about wealth building with you because it's been my life's journey and that's been really what I've studied my entire life but also applied in my life with success. And so these concepts you might disagree with, other people might disagree with, but I'm going to tell you that I've found them to be true. And that's all I can do is provide you with what I know to be true. And so you might have a difference of opinion and that's fine, but um, I just wanted to share with you what I wrote. So it says, there are many myths that have limited wealth creation among both men and women. We've been told so much about wealth building that is simply not true. One of the purposes of this book is to debunk these myths. Here are some common myths that hold women back from believing they can achieve wealth and men too. First one is the myth that wealth building is too difficult. The belief that wealth building is too hard and not within your reach is bogus. It is a matter of financial education and putting good habits into practice. I believe if you make the right choices and avoid common financial mistakes, it is possible to become wealthy. So I just want to pause there for a moment and say, I really do believe that it's a matter of understanding the right choices and avoiding common mistakes. And that's really, you know, what I'm trying to share with you are the right things to do versus the wrong things to do. And there's a lot of different financial advice out there. And some people are gonna tell you you shouldn't have any debt, and other people are gonna tell you you should. And so we'll talk about that in one of these myths that I'm going to address. But as far as wealth building being too difficult, it's only difficult if you don't have the financial education behind it. So if you don't know what to do and you haven't studied, or you just are overwhelmed and think it's too hard and don't even wanna try, then I can see where that would be hard to achieve your financial goals and have financial freedom. But if you apply yourself, if you can get interested, which is really the reason I'm here is to make it simpler, make it more interesting, and to show you it doesn't have to be dry and boring. If you can just get some interest and take some action, increase your knowledge, you'll make your goals. I really truly believe you will make your goals. All right, the next myth. The myth that what you believe about money does not matter. One of the most important things that is left out of almost all financial training is the importance of your thoughts and beliefs about wealth and wealthy people. What beliefs, good and bad, have you internalized that parents, society, and stereotypes taught you about wealth and wealthy people? One client told me her father always cursed the rich man down the street. She did not know why, but realize she internalized the belief that all rich people are bad. If you subconsciously view all wealthy people as bad or cheating crooks, let's say, will you want to be wealthy or will you self-sabotage? So I just want to pause there again and say mindset is one of the most overlooked concepts in the traditional financial world, I believe. And that's why in my six steps to wealth, we start with a wealthy mindset. Because I was a young child, when my dad handed me the book Think and Grow Rich, I learned from a young age how important mindset was to those famous people like Henry Ford and Aristotle Onassis that started with nothing and created huge fortunes. They really stressed in that book how it was due to mindset. But here's the other thing I know. A lot of people study mindset and then they don't really get into the actual steps they need to take to help their financial situation. So yes, wealth building starts with mindset, but it doesn't end there. And you need to also have the practical knowledge, the things to do and not do in order to make the right decisions that are gonna get you to financial freedom faster. All right, the next myth is the myth that being wealthy means unlimited spending. One reason why lottery winners go broke is they only know how to spend, not create money. If you only understand spending, do not know how to create more money, and believe money is something that is only spent, then you will tend to spend it until it's all gone. When you become wealthy, if you don't understand wealth management and how to create more by investing, you will likely run out. Sound familiar? Think Johnny Depp, Tony Braxton, Janice Dickinson, MC Hammer, Kim Basinger, and Mike Tyson. Let me pause there for a moment. These are people that made millions of dollars in their career and ended up bankrupt. Why? Because they made a lot of money, spent a lot of money, and didn't replenish that money. They didn't understand how to invest the money to make more. So if they weren't working and they didn't have a big movie project or a big song that was a hit, then they didn't make more money because they didn't understand how their money could make money for them. So by investing, you're really replenishing your money and that's going to give you unlimited funds to spend. But if you don't know how to replenish your money and grow more, it's going to be a finite amount of money and you're going to run out even if you're Mike Tyson and you've made over $100 million. So it's not how much you make, it's still a limited finite amount of money that can be completely spent and used up if it's not invested properly and replenished. And that's what happened to him. The next myth is the myth of frugality. A popular belief today is you must be a miser and save as much money as possible to become wealthy. This is what I call the frugalist movement. People somehow think if they scrimp and save enough, they can become wealthy. That's not possible for most people. You cannot starve your way to wealth. You can only cut so many expenses before you're living in the woods. There is the rare exception of the high-paid tech worker who squirrels away quite a bit of his or her multiple six-figure salary and gets to a million dollars, but for most people, it is impossible to simply save your way to wealth. There must be an investing component to grow your money and get it to begin compounding for you. Many stories I have read about people saving money and becoming millionaires oddly omit the part where they compounded their money at a high rate. Compounding is how money grows and multiplies over time. Your money grows and the money it creates grows too. So I want to stop there for a moment and say, yes, there are people that I've seen online who've said, oh, I saved so much money and became a millionaire. But somehow they're leaving out the important fact that they invested and grew their money either in stocks or the stock market or real estate or some money engine that helped them grow their money. It wasn't simply saving their money that got them to financial freedom. And that part I think is overlooked by a lot of people. And the fact that you need that money engine, that step four, invest in a money engine, step five, compound at a high rate. Those are two of the six steps to wealth that are what create wealth and so it's not about being a frugalist it's not about not spending it's not about living a meager existence and spending as little money as you can i just don't agree with that i think that yes you want to save money and have capital that you can invest and grow but it's not about denying yourself, not living a good life, not enjoying life. I just don't like that whole concept. I want you to have a full life and enjoy the things you wanna do, travel to the places you wanna travel to and reach your financial goals. And I think that's possible for you to reach farther to get them and to stretch to get them. And I don't think you have to live meagerly in order to reach that. in fact, I think that can be a negative because people can get very tired of living meagerly and it just doesn't make your life very happy. And so I think life is meant to be abundant. I have a funny saying. I say that if God didn't mean for life to be abundant, our planet would look like the moon. Basically it would be a wasteland of dust and dirt, but because it's lush and beautiful and has all of the abundance on it that it does, I think we were meant to live an abundant life. All right, my next myth, is the myth that debt is always bad. There's a popular belief that all debt is bad and that you should pay it off early, including mortgage debt. I am a fan of debt when you use it to build appreciating assets, such as real estate, a business, go to college, or invest in anything that can increase in value. Using other people's money, OPM, is a common proven strategy of many millionaires. However, I do shun consumer debt. Borrowing to buy designer clothing, meals at expensive restaurants, brand new vehicles, and other depreciating items is not a good reason to incur debt. I wanna stop there and say, lots of different financial experts have different advice on debt. And because there's a lot of people that have a tremendous amount of debt, debt has really gotten a negative connotation. But the reality is for years and years and generations, millionaires have used debt to build their empires, to build their assets, and to buy appreciating assets and actually get higher returns. Where it can become a problem is if you're using debt to buy depreciating assets, such as buying new cars frequently, which you hear me talk about a lot on this podcast and how I'm so against uh, spending so much on cars and how that just is throwing away a lot of good money and causing people financial troubles. I also don't believe in paying off your house. I think that the government gives you a partial tax deduction for the interest on your mortgage. And I also believe it will increase your rate of return. And more importantly, the opportunity cost is too great. If you pay off your home mortgage and all of your capital is sitting in your home equity, how are you going to invest in your retirement fund? How are you going to fund your children's college? How are you going to grow your money and invest your money so that it will continue to work for you if it's all tied up in your home? So I've seen that be a detriment to some people where their mortgage is paid off and then they don't have any assets really growing for them. And if the housing market takes a downturn, then that works against them. So I am a fan of having a 30-year mortgage, not a 15-year, but a 30-year. And I am a fan of making those extra payments to one extra payment per year to pay down your mortgage faster and to save you thousands of dollars in interest. And I've talked about that lots of times on other podcasts, uh, so I won't go into more detail about that. The next myth is the myth that budgets are necessary to build wealth. Another common misconception is that you must be on a budget to build wealth. In my opinion, budgets can be hazardous to your wealth because they feel restrictive. Like a diet, you want to go off a budget as soon as you start. Instead, I will show you how to prioritize your spending on the things that are important to you so you do not end up feeling deprived and go on an unplanned shopping spree or develop a bad relationship with money. There is one exception. If you are deeply in debt or barely make enough income to pay your bills, then a budget is absolutely necessary to keep you disciplined with every dollar until your debt is paid off. Let me pause there. If you are struggling to pay your bills and you barely have enough money to get by, then yes, you better keep track of every single dollar. In that case, I'm a fan of a budget. But if you have a lot of discretionary income and you make a good salary, and you're paying your bills comfortably and you don't have consumer debt, you're in a good financial position, then I'm not as big of a fan of a budget so much as I am a fan of your five spending priorities. These are five things that are really important to you that you stop spending on things that are not important to you and you spend on things that are important to you. For example, let's say you really wanna travel and you wanna go to Europe. So you want to start saving your money to go on that trip to Europe. And maybe you eat out a lot just because you're tired, you are married, both of you work, and you don't feel like cooking that night. So you just end up eating out a lot. And these restaurants tend to be fairly expensive. You have a bottle of wine or some drinks, and the bill adds up to, you know, 100, 100 and some dollars, there are people that that happens to, people that live in big cities in particular. And I knew people in New York City that that happened to. They were out every night and it was because they were too tired to cook for themselves and do the dishes and all of that. But in the end, they couldn't afford to buy a house because they couldn't save any money. And they didn't realize how much money they were spending on those dinners out. The funny thing was, they didn't even care about those dinners out. That wasn't a big priority for them. So when they were able to you know, go to the deli and have some deli food available in the refrigerator when they got home, for example, and they didn't have to cook, or now there's so many services you can order food to be delivered to you, you don't have to go out to a restaurant anymore, and you can have a quiet dinner at home for a lot less. So once they realized that that wasn't their priority and they re-shifted their focus to where their priorities really were, which was the travel, which for them was to be able to save enough for the down payment on a home, then they got their down payment together. So if travel is your priority and eating out isn't, then you'll want to shift to a less expensive way to cover the cost of your meals and put more of that money toward your travel as a priority. So again, it's all about spending priorities, which I do uh, cover later in the book. And the last myth is the myth that good investing focuses on the past. Many investors mistakenly look in the rearview mirror to make investment decisions. Looking in the past causes them to invest in the wrong place at the wrong time, such as buying a tech mutual fund in 2000 or buying a home at the peak of a bubble. Using cycle information gives you a roadmap and prevents you from making horrible mistakes that set back your wealth building and can even delay your retirement. Cycles are a secret that only a few in the investment community acknowledge and understand. I will talk about them extensively in chapter three. Yeah, really understanding cycles has been life-changing to me. And seeing that nothing goes up forever. I like to say trees don't grow to the sky. There is a point where the stock market pulls back or where the leaders change and the companies that were leading don't become, the you know, don't continue to be the leaders in the future and new leaders come forward. You know, I remember back in the internet bubble, there were companies going crazy that were internet companies and people hung on to their stock. They wouldn't sell it because they thought it would continue to go up in the way that it had gone up. Kind of like cryptocurrencies are right now, where people are really, um, have experienced some, high compounding rates and so really expect that those high compounding rates are going to continue in the future and they might but they might not Uh, i don't know what the cycle is going to be for crypto but i do know that nothing continues on forever nothing you know is the darling all the time there's a time and a place and things shift and change and the best place to invest at one time usually isn't the best place to invest 10 years from now so that changes and uh so do our you know so does our diversification and our focus of where we invest and seeing what assets are up and coming and recognizing new trends new technologies new things that might be the next thing after crypto Um, and i hate to even talk about crypto because people are so passionate about it that uh, if you say anything that's not positive about crypto i think you Uh, pretty much get a a heap of coals on your head. But um, it's really not, I'm really not speaking about crypto per se. I'm speaking about any asset that performs at an incredibly high compounding rate, whether it's internet stocks like they were in 1999, where people were passionate and thought they would go up forever, whether it was real estate in 2007 or maybe even real estate last year, because we've started to see it weaken this year certainly down 11% in California, and also seeing some weakness in New York and other major markets, uh, we're, we're starting to see that real estate might not be the thing that goes up forever. And so these things move in cycles. And it's important to understand that a cycle has a beginning, a middle and an end. And then another asset takes on the new cycle and is the leader in the beginning, the middle and the end. and. Who knows? That could be cannabis. That could be any number of new investments coming in. It it could be artificial intelligence. It could be robotics. It could be any number of things that it could be virtual reality. It could be any number of things that are coming into our future. It could be electric cars. It could be, you know, things that are in development right now that continue to become a major market or they're. Maybe something that is a specialty right now, but it becomes the majority. You know, maybe all cars become electric within the next 15 or 20 years. These are things that can be the future cycles and things for you to think about in terms of where do you want to be investing your money and where are the new cycles? Where are they starting? Where are they growing? So these are some of the topics that uh, I wanted to share with you, these myths and Again, you may or may not agree with these, people have different opinions, all I can do is offer you my own experience, my own opinion, and again, my heart is to help you with your wealth building, to help you shorten that path, to help you avoid mistakes, and to help you have the right knowledge, to make the right decisions so that you can reach your goals to financial freedom, because I truly believe that with knowledge and action, anyone. Can achieve financial freedom. If you haven't yet subscribed, rated, and review the Be Wealthy and Smart podcast, I would love to have a review from you and please subscribe. And if we haven't yet connected on Instagram twice a day, I give little tips and quotes and ideas for wealth building over at Instagram.com forward slash Linda P. Jones. People are loving it. And We can connect over there and get in the conversation and improve your knowledge about personal finance and money every single day and in a fun and non-boring way, which is my whole way of doing things. So that's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show.